enormous box, a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? What's that? And off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay Hi there. Hi there. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. I'm Mike, and this is The Replacements. Why? Because it's a week for replacements, isn't it? Replacement refs, replacement fish. And they ain't kidding, let me tell you. So, fish, replacement fish. What if you want fish, but you want to replace it? Okay, you go to a place, they serve fish, they put the fish on a plate in that place, and then you want to replace the fish for a different fish, but the same dish. You know what I'm saying? No? Well, okay. Supposing you're in Carytown Market in Ann Arbor, and you're at Monahan's. Maybe this will make sense uh, when I when you hear in this here conversation I just had the other day at, at Monahan's. I spoke to a fishmonger. Now, you wouldn't replace the fish on your own. You'd have a professional fish replacerator. I believe that's the technical term. I had a chat anyway with Courtney Johnson, fishmonger and server in Monahan's. And I want to tell you a little bit about Monahan's Seafood Market first in Ann Arbor. Mike Monahan and Paul Saginaw, who was also the co-founder of Zingerman's, got Monahan's Seafood Market started in December 1979 in Carytown. Still going strong. And here's a chat I had with uh, Courtney Johnson. Tell me what sort of stuff we have here. I see there's... Uh some lovely fish for sale. There was one called a John Dory here. Oh, yeah. Looks like, uh, who's John Dory? Is that a nice guy or who or what is that? <laughs> <laughs> he, that fish is one of my favorites, actually. Um, it is in the flatfish family. And um, it's, it's, it's a white-fleshed fish. It's fairly mild. But um, we've been recently getting it in every week for maybe about a month or so. And people really love it. It's nice and... Um, Firm, but still delicate and has like a nice, sweet, almost nutty flavor to it. Um, I actually had it for lunch today. Um, we had a special, it was a crispy uh, skin rainbow trout, um, and it had, it had scallions and sake and ginger. And so instead of getting the rainbow trout, I got it with John Dory. It's a really interesting looking fish too. It's beautiful. Um, if you were to come in, it's, um, when we have it whole, the skin is like nice and silver and it's really, it's a beautiful fish, and you know, it's one of uh, that amongst a bunch of other beautiful fish that we have here at Monahan's. What are some of your other favorite fish? Um, we we've been getting in skate, which um, is is a ray, kind of like a manta ray or a stingray, but it's edible, um, and that also kind of has the same thing going for it. Um, it's nice and easy. You just all you have to do is lightly flour it and pan fry it, um, and it also has kind of a sweet 
delicate flavor to it. Um, actually, people used to use, they, they use skate to make a imitation scallop, so it's kind of similar to that. And um, that's another favorite of uh, a lot of our regular customers that come in here, um, as well as mine. But you also have classics that people will be familiar with, like rainbow trout and salmon and halibut mm -hmm. and lots of other ones. Oh yes, definitely. And we try to keep those in um, quite regularly, especially you know salmon and tilapia, the rainbow trout and whitefish. Um, yeah, all those common, more common things we try to keep in regularly for our customers to keep them happy. So where does your fish come from? Oh, all over the place. Um, we get a lot of locally uh, caught things like uh, the whitefish and the lake trout. Um, and sometimes, you know, in season we'll get the smelt. Those are all from uh, Michigan lakes. Um, then we even get things from Greece, like the bronzini. We get it from the Mediterranean Sea. Um, let me think of some other, you know, Georgia's Bank, which is northern Atlantic. Um, get fish from Panama. We get fish from all over the place, and we try to keep a nice variety here at Monaghan's. I think that Mike and Bertie do a great job of uh, keeping their customers happy and ordering, you know, the best of the best fish that we can get in. So, yeah. And uh, how do people come up with the lunch menus and such? Um, well, we kind of have like a standard lunch me uh, menu, which you can find on our website. But then there's also the option to pick a fresh fish, which is in the case. And um, we have about maybe like six different sauces. So, you know, you can say, I want a piece of the cobia with the lemon caper sauce that you guys have and we usually serve up you know about six ounces of that and then we have four different sides um, generally and it's rice spinach sauteed spinach um, fries regular occasion and uh, what's one am I forgetting coleslaw <laughs> okay. um, so yeah you know we can kind of uh, we have daily specials um, like I said today was that crispy skin rainbow trout um, yeah so you know it's the menu itself um, it's pretty small, but then once you add in that whole aspect of it, you know, a lot of times people really have a hard time kind of figuring out what they want to get because there's so much, there's so much option. If anyone ever has any questions, uh, you can always go on our website and you can email Mike Monahan. Um, we do have a great Friday Fish Report on our website um, that we post up every week. And we feature, um, you know, we try to feature fish that we've never uh, featured before. I think we've been doing it for about two years, so there's so many different things that you can find on our archive, archive there. And actually, if you're curious about fishes like the, Don, the John Dory, um, there's actually a fish report on that, there's a fish report on skate. Um, so if you're ever curious about anything that we have, you can always just go straight to our website. Still true, still true. The irreplaceable replacements, thank you again. That was Courtney Johnson, thank you, fishmonger and server at Monahan's, talking about the fish and about the John Dory and the stuff like that. The website, by the way, is monahansseafood.com. That's M O N A H A N S seafood.com. I also was very lucky. There was a series of coincidences that just started happening coincidentally, and one of which was that uh, the John Dory fish and the other fish started to sing to me. Luckily, I got it all on tape. To ride, to ride, to ride, as it on the holy day and upon the holy 
Some lungs on those fish, or should I say gills? That is John Dory, the song, and that was John Dory, the fish. The song John Dory, sung by the Deller Consort, featuring Alfred Deller, an album of music by Ray Fon Williams called Folk Songs of Britain. It's not often your fish will sing for you, and I don't think that actually happened. Having said that, though, let me tell you a little bit more about John Dory, the fish. John Dory, also known as St. Pierre or Peter's fish, refers to fish of the genus Zeus, which is absolutely wonderful, especially Zeus Faber. I think he has a travel agency around here, doesn't he? It's an edible, benthic, coastal marine fish. Of course it is. This is from Wikipedia. With a laterally compressed olive yellow body, which has a large dark spot and long spines on the dorsal fin. The dark spot is used to flash an evil eye if danger approaches the John Dory. Its large eyes at the front of the head provide it with bifocal vision and depth perception, which are important for predators. The John Dory's eye spot on the side of its body also confuses prey, which are scooped up in its great big mouth. Various explanations are given of the origin of the name. It may be an arbitrary or jocular variation of Dory, itself from the French Doré, gilded, or perhaps an allusion to John Dory, the hero of an old ballad, which we happen to have just heard. Others suggest that John derives from the French jaune, yellow. The novel An Antarctic Mystery by Jules Verne gives another account, which has some popularity, but is probably fanciful. 
Well, it's right up my alley, so let's hear it, okay? The legendary etymology of this piscatorial designation is Janitore, the doorkeeper, in allusion to St. Peter, who brought a fish said to be of that species to our Lord at his command, unquote. A related legend says that the dark spot on the fish's flank is St. Peter's thumbprint, which should be the name of a band. Speaking of bands... The coincidences started flying fast and furious, I should tell you, because I was at Monahan's talking about fishmongers and such. Who should suddenly turn up, much to my surprise, but Amy and Will Bennett of the White Ravens, a local band who is coming out with a new album this weekend, which has, get this, a nautical theme. I'm not kidding. So they're going to be playing at Woodruff's in Ypsilanti on a piece of paper. I'm about to grab, here it comes, piece of paper. They're going to be at Ypsilantia. Woodruff's on September 29th. That is, in fact, this Saturday at 8 p.m. And I spoke to them about their album and found out this enormous coincidence about the uh, nautical stuff. So most of uh, many of the songs in this album um, feature marine life. We've got whales, specifically narwhals, minkies, or right whales. Um, we've got descents into the sea in deep-sea submersibles and all sorts of the creepy fish that you see down there. What else do we got? And more. Much more. There's a lot more under the sea. And the how often do you get a descent into the sea on an album? Not too often. On this album, many times, however. The title track of our album is called Saddle Up the Whales. And as you might guess from the title, it's about absurdity and embracing it in your life. So like when the minute details of daily life bring you down, you should just go engage in something totally ridiculous, like saddling up some whales. For instance. So let's give it a listen.
So Will, you've been uh, playing quite a variety of keyboard sounds for the last few years with the group. What are some of the musical settings that you've got going on here and how did you get inspired to come up with them? Well, a lot of the settings on, on, on this particular album have sort of like an Elton John, sort of like Billy Joelish kind of feels like. I guess that's sort of what I'm used to and what I've been, I guess that's what I've been playing for a long time. So I guess some of the songs I think are inspired by, I guess, I guess other motifs like, I guess some, I guess some are by Beethoven, uh, some are even even by like some and like uh, I love glass and some you know I think it's hyper like centric things like that. I mean, Amy, you're writing the words. Will, you're writing the uh, melody. Can you right. give an example of uh, how that comes about? Will always writes the music first. We always sit down together, and Will just plays on the piano. He does whatever he wants, and I go, "Hey, that sounds really cool," and stop him, and then we go structure a song around that or something like that, or he has an idea, and then I go and write the lyrics to that. So. So it's pretty spontaneous when you come up with uh, the melodies? Yes, exactly. Very spontaneous indeed. I was wondering if you were doing more pounding or more uh, just sort of carefully intricate stuff. Do you think it's a little intricate? Is that a word? I don't think so. Intricate? Uh, I think it's I, I, I think it's a perfect combination of both, actually. You get a little bit of the keyboard pang, but also, very, like, also a lot of like, fine-tuning sort of up in the piano so yeah it's definitely i think like a like, perfect example of a combination of i guess i guess of the two and i'm i'm happy to know because we have culinary uh content uh, restrictions on our show that some <laughs> of these songs on the white ravens album saddle up the whales have food in the title although they may not necessarily have food in the lyrics but i think the the specs really do a bear out can you talk about some of that so one of our songs is called shepherd's pie and we wrote it originally to be a song about cheap eating shepherds so a reversal of the traditional but it ended up being about um, someone stranded in the middle of the ocean um, and they find themselves floating on a styrofoam horse and it's a song about this person singing to their styrofoam horse so totally different than the title but we like the title so it's stuck you definitely want to keep a title when it's a good one now here you have another one uh, that involves the mafia and a carrot Oh, yes. So we have a song that's called Arlene's Grocery, and it's about a mafia fight between vegetables in a grocery store. 
So there are cherry bombs that are actual cherries. There are um, pop rocks exploding like mines, all sorts of stuff like that. So deep sea diving, serious deep sea diving, exploding pop rocks, a lot of danger on your album, would you say? Oh yes, lots of danger. And, um, and not only all that, not only do you get enormous amounts of adventure and music, but this is actually, uh, there's a good cause going on here, isn't there? Yes, so for our show at Woodruffs, we're donating the proceeds of our door sales to several charities that promote water conservation in Michigan. So those being like the Huron Valley Rivershed Council and the River Raisin Watershed Council. And they fight to make our water clean in Michigan. How about the production of the album? How did that go? Um, we did it all at Ghetto Recorders in Detroit. It's a fantastic place. There's an entire room that's lit just by fish tanks. <laughs> and so it's got totally a deep sea ambiance going on, which was perfect.
Ah, yes, the White Ravens. That's from their new CD. They're in the process of printing them right now. They've picked up the master. They're printing the CDs. They are creating them as we speak. How I got mine, it just sort of floated in from the sea on a giant whale. It was amazing. The White Ravens are playing this Saturday. They're doing a CD release show. That's S-E-A-D-C-D release show at Woodruff's in Ipsy in Depot Town with special guests, the boys themselves, the greatest hits, and the violin monster. Uh, it's 18 over show. You can find out all about that at Woodruff's website. And as they mentioned, some of the proceeds from the show will go to Water Conservation Group. So there you go. That is the White Ravens and their new CD, Saddle Up the Whales. And this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Arwolf will help us to face the music in just a moment. But first of all, some fish news from Michigan to wrap things up here. Wrapping up fish news. (laughs) Ouch. So uh, legislation has been signed into state law this week to allow Michigan anglers to spear fish without penalty on the state's largest inland lake, which is Houghton Lake. It's in Roscommon County, which is in the northern half of the Lower Peninsula. State officials have said they don't know why the prohibition was enacted on the roughly 20,000-acre lake. It might have stemmed from concerns about the health of the lake's pike, but officials say the the fish population is robust. It is a robust fish population and could sustain spear fishing. Officials say all fish harvested with a spear would still be subject to size requirements specified by law. And from the New York Times from Ishigaki, Japan, South Korean patrol boats fired warning shots at North Korean fishing vessels last Friday in contested waters on the Yellow Sea, but the North's boats fled without casualties, according to the South Korean military. Just so you know. And also, just to mention, the Center for Japanese Studies, speaking roughly of food, is presenting a series of silent films by Yashujiro Ozu this fall. They're being presented with a professional benshi, or theatrical narrator, by the name of Ichiro Kataoka. Most of the films in the series will also include live musical accompaniment. And tomorrow night at 7 at the U of M Natural Sciences Auditorium, a 1935 silent film called An Inn in Tokyo will be featured. Along with the special narrator, there will be accompaniment by Little Bang Theory. That's the group based in Ann Arbor, which makes beautiful music on toy instruments. It features Frank Paul, Terry Saris, and Doug Shimon. In this film, an unemployed worker wanders around the industrial flatlands of Tokyo's Koto district with his two sons, is unable to find a job, and has to rely on his sons catching stray dogs to earn reward money for their meals. As day goes by, he and the boys no longer have enough money to stay at the inn for the night. Luckily for him, he encounters an old friend who finds him a job and allows them to stay at her eatery house. And the story goes from there. That's at the U of M Natural Sciences Auditorium this Friday at 7 and in in Tokyo by Yashujiro Ozu, and admission is free. Thank you for listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a pretty long time now. Arvo will help us to face the music in just a moment. Now to another local band. We've heard the White Ravens. We talked about the uh, Little Bang Theory. Here's an outfit out of Inkster. Uh, I think they'll do well. They're called the Marvelettes. This is a fish song. Thank you for listening. Keep on listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Look here, girls. Take this advice and remember always in life. Into each heart, some tears must fall.
Thanks, Mike. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. It feels good to be alive. I want to play some old records for you. Let's celebrate. We're going to start in Chicago with pianist Jimmy Blythe in 1926. This is called Love's Been Here and Gone to the Mecca Flat. What is he talking about? <laughs> 